Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer, overcoming whatever uh, problem or challenge that comes up in life. And if, if you're alive in this world, there's some things you're going to have to deal with. It's a lot of problems and imperfection in this world because of sin and the curse and death. And you got so many people that have rejected God. And you can't control all that, but you can control what you believe. You can't control everything that's going on around you, uh, especially out in other people's lives, but you can control completely what goes on inside you. You can control what you think on. You can control what you believe. You can control what you uh, say. And in making those decisions, you control, uh, you know, you keep the enemy from having access and you allow God to have access and manifest in your life. So it is... Um, you, it's a lie that believers don't have any control. You have complete control over what's going on inside you if you'll make the right choice. So if you're, you know, coming to faith school today, you've already made a good choice because <laughs> we're going to talk about how to do that and be established in it. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom. Let's release faith for what we need today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the words, the light, the truth, the answers, the direction, the help, the supply of the Spirit that you know is what we need right now. We ask for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you look please in the great textbook, or the Bible, at Luke 13 again, we're down to our 16th individual account of healing in the ministry of Jesus. There's about 20 of them. And it is the healing of the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Let's read it again in verse 10, Luke 13:10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And you'd think everybody would be happy about that, but no. <laughs> Verse 14, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. That means he was, uh, he was angered by it. He was upset by it. 
He was very displeased with it. We'll talk more about this later, I think. But this is a glimpse into men's traditional religion that has nothing to do with God, that's actually opposed to God. Many people imagine religion and God being one and the same. But you'll, you know, who did Jesus have the most trouble with? Religious people. They, they absolutely opposed him. They, they were his enemies. They defied him. They judged him. They condemned him. They wanted to kill him. Which shows that though they were very, very religious, they didn't get that from God. There is religious that is actually evil, completely ungodly. So don't associate automatically religion with God. Just because somebody's very religious doesn't mean they're even saved. Doesn't mean they're even going to heaven, that they're born again, that they know God at all. And just because a person has degrees in theology doesn't mean they're saved either. You know, people go, interesting thing, I I used to teach in a Bible school, and we had a couple come one time, and they were in their late 70s, and they came and signed up to go to school. Well, the school is primarily preparation for ministry, (laughs) and they're getting started in their late 70s. And so, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, you find out more about them, and come to find out. They had been in the ministry for decades and retired in a, in a certain denomination. And we said, what, what happened? You know, they said, well, we, we were there, I forget how many, 25, 30 years, whatever they said it was, and they retired. And somebody invited them to a Bible study, and they went to the Bible study, found out they'd never been born again. What? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> you pastored for, for all those years and were never born again? And he said, we, we, we found out. We'd never been born again. We got born again and got filled with the Spirit and got excited. And, and we thought, well, we don't, we're pushing 80. We don't want to leave here without any real spiritual fruit. So here they come back to school. <laughs> they say, well, in the years we got left, we're going to endeavor to have some real fruit. What were they doing for 30 years before that? What were they preaching? What were they? Well, see, <laughs> just going to church doesn't save you. Just having degrees in theology doesn't mean you know God at all. If you'll catch it, you'll see a number of these individuals that says they were doctors of the law. Well, that's a similar thing we'd call a doctorate of theology. They, they were the most educated people uh, in religion in their uh, group and generation, and they were experts, it also called them, in the law, which was the word they had. And yet, here is the word incarnate, standing in front of them, and they don't recognize him at all. And he said, I only say what I hear the Father say. If you've seen me, 
you've seen him. And they didn't, they didn't like him. They saw him, they heard him, and they hated him. And yet, they claim they live for God. Huh? They claim this is their whole purpose in life, is holding up the Word of God and, and making sure the Word of God is correct and pure. You reckon that's still going on today? That there are whole groups of people that are adamant about their traditions and their religion, but they don't know God. They don't know God. One thing you'll find that is connected to knowing God, He is compassionate. Can you see that? God is love. Now that doesn't mean He approves of everything you want to do, <laughs> or every goofy and especially every evil thing. People. No, He's not going to tell you everything's okay. But he is not cruel, and he is not untouched by the feelings of infirmities. Uh, when Jesus saw, it, you notice back up a little bit, it said that uh, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and there was this woman here that had the spirit of infirmity. We know the ruler of the synagogue was there. If you read uh, some of the other accounts, it'll say oftentimes that in a situation like that, they watched him when he came in. Like the man that had the withered hand, he was in there teaching, and it says they watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. The next one we're going, next account we're going to study said exactly that too. It said, actually it's the next chapter over, said they were watching him. What, what do you mean? They're they're looking for something to find fault with, and they're pretty sure they'll have something to talk about if there's any sick people in the room. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? He has a known reputation, Jesus does, for compassion and healing and deliverance. It's known. You know, that's why they, they, they grabbed that, that poor woman that they caught in adultery and drug her and threw her in the midst before him and said, the law said stoner, but what do you say? Why would they say that? Because they were sure in their thinking, he's not just going to say stoner. Well, why were they so sure about that? Compassion. He's known for compassion. Don't you remember it said uh, more than one place, he was moved with compassion toward them and heal their sick. He was moved with compassion toward them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved. God cares. Say it out loud, class. God, God cares. cares. He cares. He cares. And sometimes people say, well if, well, if he cares so much, why doesn't he do something? He already has. I said he already has. We're not waiting on him to do something. He already has done something, and, and you want to take that attitude down a notch, <laughs> or all the way down, and humble yourself before him and say, Lord, show me how to receive. Show me how to receive what you want from me. But don't accuse him of not caring. He does care. He's gone to great lengths, sending Jesus. I mean, this is the greatest thing God had to give us. Right? Sending Jesus and Jesus being willing to come.
and taking our infirmities and bearing our sicknesses and carrying our pains and bearing our sins and the chastisement of our peace and being made poor and all of this judgment that came on him. Don't act like he hadn't done something. He's done everything. Right? And the issue is us submitting to him, showing some humility and saying, Lord, show us how to receive. Come on now, everybody say it out loud. Lord, Show me how to receive what you want from me, what Jesus has paid for, so I can have. Hallelujah. Show us. And that's what he's doing. And you'll see that in every one of these individual cases. That's why we're taking them one by one, because we see how people received. We see how Jesus ministered to them, and we see how they received. Why is this in here that we're talking about right now? Men's religion opposes God's healing. Men's religion oppose, opposes the goodness of God. He's indignant about this. He's mad about this. The ruler of the synagogue, the head person, it'd be like the head, you know, the senior pastor of the church or whatever, the, the head guy there. It's just livid because this dear woman got healed. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not logical when you think about it, but the enemy stuff isn't logical. Fear isn't logical. Pride isn't logical. It's not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. And so Jesus ministered healing no matter who didn't like it. He ministered healing no matter if it was the Sabbath. Is that right? You know that Jesus knew there's going to be a deal. <laughs> right? There's going to be an issue if we minister healing to this woman right here, right now, today, on the Sabbath, in the synagogue, in front of the religious leaders. <laughs> huh? Did Jesus know there's going to be a deal? It's going to be an issue. But does he care more about that or about the woman? I said the woman who's been hurting and been in a bad way for 18 years and has an opportunity right now, right here today, to be free. So that's what matters. And it should matter to us. We should not be so uh, intense about our doctrinal points and our rules, which oftentimes just turn out to be man-made rules, religious rules that you can't find in the Word, that God didn't say. And you, you know it's wrong when it ignores people's hurt, when it doesn't care if somebody is delivered or not. Do we want people delivered? Do we want people free? Yes. Then see, you're, you're yielding to the God in you. You're yielding to the Spirit of God in you. That's what He wants. He wants everybody saved. Everybody. Somebody says, well, that, that can't be right because if he, if he wanted everybody saved, they'd be saved. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. He's not willing that any should perish, the Bible said, but that all should come to repentance but it's our choice whether we repent or not. 
Not his choice, our choice. But he wants everybody saved. He wants everybody healed. Everybody. He wants everybody delivered from everything that's oppressing them, confusing them, limiting them. It is God's will for everybody to be saved, healed, filled, thrilled, free. Is that right? Blessed. It is. He's a good God. I said he's a good God. The devil has maligned him and blasphemed him, even through preachers' mouths. But it don't change the fact, those are lies, and he's a good God. He was, he is, he always will be a good, good father. Somebody say, my God is good. My father is good. I like what the psalmist said, God is good and doeth good. <laughs> he's good and he does good. If you do evil, how are you good? No, evil comes out of evil. And good comes out of good. Good comes out of God. We see that it said that Jesus was teaching there in the synagogue, one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years. She was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Let me read this to you from the Weiss translation. It says, He was doing some teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And behold, a woman had a spirit that caused an infirmity 18 years and was completely bent together by a curvature of the spine and was not able to raise herself up at all. Now that's not a good way to to go through life, right? She's, she's doubled over, you know, doubled all the way over, would have to try to raise her head to see, couldn't straighten herself up at all. And she's this way how long? 18 years. I mean, 18 days would be too long, right? 18 years. Couldn't raise herself up at all. And having seen her, Jesus called her and said to her, Woman, you have been released from your infirmity. Hallelujah. The Lord is in the releasing business. He's in the loosing ministry. Hallelujah. You've been released from your infirmity. Was there power in those words? You've been released from your infirmity. And we says it like this. And the cure is permanent. <laughs> He's a, a scholar of the Greek language, and, and he believed that was implied here. He placed his hands on her, and immediately she was restored to an erect position, and she glorified God. Not a word is said about her glorifying God all those 18 years in her suffering and bent over and limited and restricted condition. It was not until she was released Hallelujah, loosed and set free that she glorified God. And before the passage is so over, it said all the people around there were glorifying God, praising God, rejoicing for all the glorious things that the Lord was doing. Healing is glorious, not sickness. Sickness is evil. And we see that because it says a spirit 
was involved in this case. A spirit of infirmity. Now, this bothers our intellectual generation. <laughs> right? Spirit? Ooh, what are you talking about? Spirit? <laughs> well, spirits are real, whether you acknowledge them, whether you don't. They're influencing lives, whether you think so, whether you don't. God is spirit. You are a spirit. You can exist without this body. The body can't exist without you, but you can exist without the body. You're not just a, um, a body. You're not just a physical being. If you look at the scriptures, you'll find that the, um, the body is the house of the spirit. It's where the spirit dwells. Uh, you're looking at me right now, whether it's on the other side of a computer screen or TV screen or, or here in the room. I, I might be able to see your houses, your physical houses, uh, and you see mine, but there's somebody behind those eyes. <laughs> there's, and, and when you look, you even look at the anatomy of an eye, an eye is, is a lens. You don't, you don't actually see with your eye. It's just a lens. It just captures the light, turns it into an electrical signal, and sends it somewhere, and then whatever's back of that is what sees. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's you. And uh, when a person dies, they don't cease to exist, contrary to what people try to say. You slip out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove, just like that. And you're still you. Nobody's laying here dead. <laughs> but you're still you. And you will continue to exist in the body or out of the body. Isn't that Bible language? Paul said that. He had an experience. And he couldn't tell in an experience whether he was in the body or out of the body. Well, what does that tell you? Being out of the body feels a whole lot like being in the body, right? If you couldn't tell the difference. And I, I'm just confident. And I've heard a lot of people that have died for a moment or two and came back, that people got them back. You see that same kind of thing over and over. They didn't realize they were, we call them dead, but they're not really dead, but the body's dead. But they didn't realize it for a few minutes. And then maybe they saw their body laying on the bed in the hospital and they thought, whoa. <laughs> and then they didn't care because they felt so good <laughs> being out of it and I've heard people uh, I know this, this one man that worked for Brother Oral Roberts on his crusade team uh, he, uh, he had gotten older and had some kind of condition and he died and um, his wife found him and he was already you know getting stiff and everything and and, uh, oh, man, they got the uh, uh, emergency responders there, and, and they're working and working. And, and uh, he tells it later. They obviously got him back. I wouldn't be talking about it. But he tells her later, he said he came up in a beautiful field, and there was a, a fence, a wooden fence, like a rail fence. He said, but it was like mahogany. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> he said it was beautiful and it just went on for, you know, like miles and just these beautiful fields and he was on this beautiful path. And back in his earlier days, he had been a, a track athlete in, in college, whatever he could run and, and, and hadn't been able to do it for quite a while. And he thought, I feel like I can run. And so he started running and then he ran faster and faster and faster. And he said, man, I was blazing. I'd never run that fast. you know." And he was having such a good time. And then he heard his wife calling his name <laughs> and calling on God for him to come back. And he thought, no, no, no. And next thing you know, he wakes up in his body and his body's hurting and has all these problems. And his wife said, oh, thank God, thank God. You know, she's patting his cheek. And he said, why did you do that? Why did you why did she said what he said I was running I was running well see he was out of the body I mean his body was there in the, in the hospital room but he wasn't there and so that's why you don't go to the cemetery where bodies are buried and try to talk to people they're not there come y'all with me or not they're not there don't do that um I mean, if you want to check on the site and whatever, you can, but, but they're not there. Uh, when you, when you, your body dies, you come out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove. If you're saved, you go up. If you're not saved, you go down to the heart of the earth. Uh, and this is reality, whether people won't admit it or whether they don't. That's what the Bible says. If you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible. I'm glad I believe the Bible, and I'm glad I'm saved. Hallelujah. And I don't have to fear death. Thank God. Hallelujah. So spirits are real. You are a spirit. Angels are spirits, and there are wrong spirits, and there are spirits that cause problems. And there was a spirit that had been causing a problem in this woman's life and had caused her to be in that frozen been over condition. Now that's not to say that everybody that has that type of physical problem has a spirit like that. That'd be a wrong conclusion because uh, there are times Jesus ministered to people and not a word was said about a spirit. There's time he just touched people and they were healed or he just spoke to them and then there are other times, numerous other times, he dealt with spirits. Somebody said, well how do I know which, which one to do? Only one way, by the Holy Spirit. We need to pray we need to look to Him, depend on Him, but we don't need to act like these things don't exist and they're not real. And notice where the big change came. Jesus said, you are loosed, hallelujah, from your infirmity and whatever spiritual influence had been there, it broke its control. It broke its authority. He reaches over and touches her and ministers anointing to her. And I mean, she straightens right up. Woo, glory to God. She straightens right up. And whatever was there ain't there no more, right? It's gone. She's free. Hallelujah. And it was, it was such a significant thing. The Lord wanted it recorded for us for every generation to hear and know about it to come. Can you say amen? And our time's up again today. Come back and join us tomorrow. As you see, we're just into the first couple of verses. We'll see you soon.
back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.